Hi there, this is Edwin Crozier from the Franklin Church of Christ. Thank you for joining us as we look to God's Word to learn how He wants us to live in our homes, in His church, on the job, at school. The lesson that you're about to hear takes a look particularly at the roles in the home. We're going to be taking a look at Proverbs chapter 31, the worthy woman whose worth is far above jewels. Hopefully this will be beneficial to you as you, one, train your daughters, two, Look for a wife, or three, live as a wife and mother in your home. Please open your Bible to Proverbs 31, and let's learn about that worthy woman. Have you ever been asked to give somebody advice about a situation that you've really had no experience with? It's not a very easy job. And yet today, in the lesson that I want to present to you, that's exactly what I'm going to have to do. Today I want to talk to you about the issues of being a good wife and a good mother, and yet I have no experience at either one of those. Well, when you're trying to give that kind of advice, what's the very first thing you do? You're going to go to somebody who does have experience, somebody who does know what they're talking about, and ask them, what should I say about this? And that's exactly what I want to do today. I'd like for us to take a look at the Proverbs 31 woman, the virtuous wife that we read about in that chapter, beginning in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 10. In Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 10, the Scripture reads, An excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he'll have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax, and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field, in verse 16, and buys it. From her earnings she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. In verse 21, she is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes covering for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. Solomon said, here is the virtuous wife, the worthy woman, a woman whose worth is far above jewels. As we examine this chapter today, I'd like for us to notice three ways in which we might use this chapter. First of all, all of our sisters should use this as advice for being a wife and mother. It should be advice, young men, for seeking a wife. Lemuel's mother wrote this to him for that regard. And as parents, we ought to use this as a means or as a guide for training up our daughters to be women of virtue. 
to be wives whose worth is far above jewels and far above rubies. Before we examine this text, would you bow with me in prayer? Almighty and glorious Father in heaven, we are humbled in Your presence. We are amazed by Your grace and Your mercy. Those of us who are married are so thankful for our wives, for we know that the one who has found a good wife has received a gift from You, and we're thankful. Father, we pray that You would help us as men to be proper husbands and fathers. And we pray, Father, that You would strengthen our wives. They have to put up with so much from us and from the children. And we pray that You would strengthen them to be godly and to grow in Your grace and knowledge, to ever increase in their strength as wives and mothers. Father, we love You, and we're so thankful for Your Son, whose blood washes our sins away. And we pray that everything we do is in order to glorify You and Him and Your Spirit, and to honor and praise You the way You have asked. We love You, Father, and we thank You for loving us. Through Your Son we pray. Amen. As we take a look at the Proverbs 31 woman, the very first question we might ask is why on earth anyone would want to be the woman that's described in those verses? Well, I can tell you why. Because the Proverbs 31 woman has exactly what every woman in the world wants. The Proverbs 31 woman has what even the modern feminist is crying out for, and she has it in far greater supply. According to verse 11, the husband of the worthy woman trusts in her. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he'll have no lack of gain. He doesn't second-guess her. He doesn't question her. He trusts her. Women, wouldn't you like your husbands to trust you? The Proverbs 31 woman has that. The Proverbs 31 woman is a woman who adds value to her family and to her community. In verse 15, it says, She rises also while it's still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. Well, notice in verse 20, she adds value to the community. It says that she extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She even has an impact on business. In verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. She has an impact in her family and in her community on a personal and on a public and even sometimes on a business level. What an amazing person the Proverbs 31 woman is. This is a woman of strength. In verse 17, it says she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Because of that, this is a woman who has confidence about the future. There in verse 21, it says she is not afraid of the snow for her household. She wasn't afraid of the storms that might come. She was prepared and she could look at the future and smile at the future. Verse 25, she has confidence about what is going to come. Not that necessarily everything is going to be great, but that she and her family are prepared for it because of the kind of life she has led and has taught her children to lead and the support that she provides for her husband. And finally, she has praise and honor. She has praise and honor from her children, verse 28, who rise up and bless her. From her husband also, as he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. From her community, in verse 31, give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. And even from the Lord, as it's implied in verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. The woman who is the virtuous wife, who lives up to what Proverbs 31 talks about, this is the woman who receives that praise and honor that every woman wants. The modern feminist will try to lead you down a path to grab that, that praise and that honor. 
But here God has shown how it can be done. So what do we learn about this woman? As we begin to read the chapter, the very first thing we learn about is her governing principle. And her governing principle is that she does good to her husband all his days. There in verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, when God made the wife, He says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. God made the woman as a helper for the man. He made Eve to be a helper for Adam. The wife's role is one of helper to the husband. And she is to do him good and not evil all of their days. This is the governing principle. Everything is governed by this. Striving to be good for the husband and for the family. Now again, in the modern world, that seems to be outmoded and outdated. Whereas God said that the wife is to be the helper of the husband, in our modern world, the wife is posed as the competitor of the husband. We have talked about this before, but in our world, the the wife's role is to say, whatever you can do, I can do better. But the Proverbs 31 woman sings a different tune. She says, whatever you can do, I can help you do better. Sisters, if you want the praise of your children, of your husband, and yes, even of your community, and most importantly, of your God, the governing principle for the Proverbs 31 woman is she does good for her husband and not evil all the days of his life. And then, he trusts in her. But as we continue to read, we learn about, in verse 13, her industry. She is a willing worker. In verse 13 it says she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She's like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She's a worker. It goes on to say a few verses later in verse 19 that she stretches out her hands to the the staff and her hands grasp the spindle. Verse 22, she makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. She's a worker. She rises early. She retires late. And she's working. The thing that amazes me the most about this, though, is keep in mind, this is the words of King Lemuel's mother to him. Verse 30, chapter 31 and verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. Now, I believe that Lemuel is a poetic name for Solomon, but whether you believe that or not, we still recognize this is a king, and his mother taught him this. And when she was teaching them, she was saying, this is the kind of woman you're supposed to be looking for. This woman is a queen who has made servants and slaves. You would think that this person of all people would be the one that could sit back and relax and leisure and pleasure. And wait for everyone else to do the work and just bring her her coverings. And bring, but, but that's not the kind of woman this is. This is a woman who is not a worker because she is forced to be a worker. This is a woman who is a worker who is industrious in the home. Says that she does it with delight. She is willing to be this kind of worker. She is willing to be industrious. And the type of idleness that we might expect to have among a royal queen, it says in verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This is opposed to her nature. She's not going to eat the bread of idleness. 
As we continue on, we discuss her role within the home. Beginning again in verse 15, it says, She rises also while it's still night, gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength. She makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. In this work that she's involved in, her role within the home is that of manager. And notice as she manages the home, some principles that we find within this text. There in verse 15, as she rises while it's still night, she gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. As she manages the home, she apportions based upon what is need. She does not waste based upon what is desired and based upon the pleasure of the moment. But she portions and she manages. She considers a field and buys it in verse 16. She does not rashly just go about her business. Rather, she gives thoughts and plans and considers about whether or not this is going to be a good investment as she is managing the home. But then notice, when she receives a profit from her earnings, she plants a vineyard. The profit that she receives is not about her and her glory, but it's about using it and reinvesting it within her family as she manages the home. And, of course, we recognize in verse 15 that she rises while it is still night. Her lamp does not go out at night. She continues. That is how important it is to fulfill this role of manager. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 5, excuse me, in verse 14 says, Therefore, 1 Timothy 5.14, I want younger widows to get married, bear children, keep house and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. Where the New American Standard says keep house, the word there in the Greek is oikodespoteo. Oikos, house, despoteo. You recognize the word there? You ever heard the word despot? That's where it comes from. House ruler. This was the word that was used to describe the steward, the manager of the home. As Paul talked about these younger widows who were to get married and manage the home supposed to be the one who keeps and rules the home as a steward of God's grace and benevolence within that family. And Proverbs 31 woman is a person who fulfills that role, managing with thought and forethought and planning. As we continue to read the Proverbs 31 woman, we learn about her attitude, and her attitude is selfless. Verse 18 says she sensed that her gain was good. Verse 19 says she stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. But what does she do with all this work that she's done? Verse 20 says she extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. There in verse 19, excuse me, verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor. So many folks in our modern world believe that the very first thing we need to be doing is bringing to ourselves. And all this work and all this profit and all the earnings that are going on, it's about hoarding it to ourselves. But not the Proverbs 31 woman. The Proverbs 31 woman is not thinking about self. The Proverbs 31 woman is thinking about service and help. And not just within the family, but even beyond. Part of her management, as she provides for the family... The husband has provided and she is managing what is provided. Part of that is how she can reach out in hospitality, in help, in service to others who are in need. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28 
demonstrates this principle applies to us all. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28, it says, He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good. Why? So that he will have something to share with one who has need. Before we were Christians, we were about bringing to ourselves even to the point that we might steal and take from others to bring to ourselves. But we're Christians now and we behave differently than that. Now we're working and not just to provide for ourselves, but so that instead of others having to steal, we can help provide for them when they are in need. And the Proverbs 31 woman recognizes this. In fact, a great example can be seen in Acts chapter 9. In Acts chapter 9, in verse 36, Acts 9 and verse 36, Now in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in the Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, Do not delay in coming to us. So Peter arose and went with him. And when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and praised her and raised her up. And calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Now, I've read my Bible backwards and forwards, and I've learned about apostles and deacons and evangelists and elders, and they all died, and not a single one of them got raised up. Nobody called an apostle and said, Look, our elder's dead. Can you do something about this? But here was a Proverbs 31 woman, a servant to the needy, who looked beyond herself. She received praise and honor. And they called the apostle and said, please do something about this. And he did. And we asked, why would anyone want to be a Proverbs 31 woman who is selfless? As we continue to read in Proverbs chapter 31, we learn about her discipline. In verse 21 it says, She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. We've got to keep in mind that this is in Jerusalem. And it just doesn't snow all that often in Jerusalem. But every once in a while it does, or it did. But she wasn't afraid of that possible chance. Because as part of her management, she was prepared for the emergencies. Instead of frivolously spending the things that came in, whether through her investments or through the husband's provision, instead of spending it on all the pleasures today and, and as fast as it comes in, letting it go out, she was preparing for that time when, yes, there would be snow. And there would be a whole lot of families that hadn't prepared for that emergency and then that emergency would hit and they'd rely on the benevolence of others. But she was prepared. She considered the possibilities and planned as part of her management and her stewardship. And how often among us today do we not look ahead and think about the emergencies that might come? The car breaking down. The medical emergency that sends us into the hospital. And throughout our lives, we had frivolously wasted everything that came into us. 
And so that when the emergency hits, we're really up a creek, and then we act like, well, what was I to do? There was nothing I could do about that. And yet there was, if we had taken the time while we were being blessed and planned for that. So that's what the worthy woman does. Part of her management is her discipline. And yes, even disciplining the family to recognize that we can't spend it as fast as it comes in. We have to plan for the emergencies, for the snows that might come. And in reality, for the snows that will come. You know, it's going to happen. Emergencies happen. Things come up. Cars break down. Storms rip roofs off of our houses. These things are going to happen. And so instead of just waltzing through our lives, acting like we're just allowed to spend everything we make now, why not start planning for it and disciplining ourselves as the worthy woman does? As we continue to read about the Proverbs 31 woman, we learn about her speech. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She controls her tongue. She does not get involved in gossip and slander. She doesn't get involved in backbiting or backstabbing. She, speak wor- she speaks words of edification in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, the Bible says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. This is the worthy woman who speaks those words of edification, those words that build up instead of tearing down, those words that provide a gift, grace, to those who hear. And there are many otherwise seemingly good women whose souls are going to be lost because they do not follow the example of the worthy woman here and control their tongue. We have to understand that words can destroy Words can destroy husbands. They can destroy children. They can destroy churches. They can destroy families and even communities. But they can also heal and build up and grow. And the worthy woman has learned to use her tongue in a way that builds up her husband, her children, her congregation, her friends and family and neighbors. But we continue on. And we learn about her focus. In Proverbs chapter 31, Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She looks well. That, that phrase translated there, looks well, is in other places the same phrase that's used to describe a watchman. She is looking well to the ways of her household. She's not spending all her time worrying about everybody else's household. She's a watchman for her family. In Titus, Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2 and verse 5, Paul wrote to Titus as he taught the older women to teach the younger women in verse 5 to be sensible, pure workers at home. Kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the Word of God will not be dishonored. The word there, workers at home, or koros. Oikos, house. Oros, guard. A home guard. 
The one who is watching the ways of the home. The one who is protecting the home from the evil influences of outside. This means the woman is taking, uh, taking a look at what is entering the home. What is coming in through the television. What is coming in through the radio, the books, the magazines, the movies. And bars the evil influence. What is coming in from the community and the friends around us at school, at work. She's given that role of house guard and she looks well to the ways of her household. But then, Proverbs chapter 31, you'll notice that there is a contrast. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This contrast is demonstrated in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13, we'll remember in 14 is where it talked about being the house manager. Back in verse 13, it had the same kind of contrast as in Proverbs 31. It says, at the same time, they also learn to be idle. Remember, this is about the younger widows. He says, if you're a young woman and your husband dies, you need to get married again. Why? Because if you don't, at some time you learn to be idle. And they go from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. And so instead of looking well as the way of their own household, they're trying to look at everybody else's household, and they become busybodies and gossips. You know, this is a hard point to talk about. Because very interestingly, most busybodies don't realize that they're busybodies. They think that they're the wise, Proverbs 31 woman, who is offering counsel and wisdom. And most of those ladies who actually are wise, Proverbs 31 women, who really could offer great counsel and wisdom, are afraid to speak up because they're afraid they're being busybodies. And so, we have a couple of questions that I'd like for you to ask. As you're getting involved in providing counsel and older women teach the younger women, we as Christians should advise and counsel one another. We need to ask ourselves questions. How can we make sure that we're looking to our own household instead of observing everybody else? Busybody, wise counselor, here's the first question you need to ask. Have you looked at your own house first? That's what Proverbs 31 in that verse talks about. Looking way to our household. Are you looking to your own house first? Far too many are busy trying to pull the moat out of their brother's eye or their sister's eye and neglecting the beam that is sticking out of their own. Have you looked to your own house first before you started providing the counsel and the advice? Number two, is your advice given to help? Or is it given to show how special and wonderful you are? Number three, are you saddened about problems? When somebody comes to you and says, I have this problem, there's this issue I'm dealing with, I need some help, are you saddened? Do you mourn? Do you weep? Or are you excited? Yes! I get to show people how great I am. Oh, I'm, oh I get to be in the middle of it. There's some folks that I've seen that I'm absolutely convinced they're excited when people are having trouble because they get to be in the middle of it. And it's amazing how many folks that you can find in a congregation. And whenever there's trouble going on somewhere, you get that one person who's always there. Yes, they're there to help, supposedly. But they're just always there. You begin to wonder. And you'll hear them say things like, yeah, I don't know why I'm the one that this always comes to. I know why. Fourth question. When you give advice, are you giving biblical advice? Are you able to take on the book, chapter, and verse and say, here's what you need to do? Or is it just your opinion? I think this is best. Remember, our outlook on everything needs to come from the Bible, and it's a sad thing that today we don't spend enough time in our Bibles to know how to help people through problems. But this book gives us the advice. 
Are you a busybody or a wise counselor? Is it just your opinion? Showing off your wisdom? Or is it turning to God's wisdom? Question number five. Can you maintain the confidence? Somebody comes to you and says, I've got a problem and, and this just needs to be between me and you and I need some help. There are a lot of folks who, oh yes, I, I won't tell anybody. But then there's the, well, I'll tell them because I know they won't tell anybody. Now listen, this is between me and you because she told me not to tell anybody. And of course, they'll, always, they'll come and say, they'll say things like, well, I, I sh- you know, I shouldn't really tell anybody, but I think you could help. Or, I just thought you ought to know. Or, well, she won't say anything, but I know her problem is with you. If somebody comes to you and they have a problem with somebody else, your responsibility is not to go to that person. Your responsibility is to take the initial person and say, let's go talk to them. Did you just think about how these questions apply to yourself? Or were you spending the whole time as we went through them thinking about somebody else and how they needed to live by them? Because if you're spending all your time thinking about sister so-and-so who sure needs to know these questions, chances are you're not the wise counselor you think you are. The Proverbs 31 woman is a wise counselor, but she looks well to the ways of her own household first. She speaks in wisdom, but she's not a busybody and idle gossip and slander. And finally, we see the Proverbs 31 woman, the virtuous wife. Her motivation is she fears God. There in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30, Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. There are numerous women in our society today who are being governed and motivated by charm by influence, by power, and by beauty. They want to be seen as sexy. But this woman is motivated by the fact that she fears God. She's not even really motivated by love for her husband or her children. She's motivated by her relationship with God, by the fact that she wants to obey God. Her love for her husband and children comes from the fact that she loves God. Her motivation is not looking good before society. Her motivation is not trying to be the politically correct person in our world. Her motivation is, I have a relationship with God, and in the end, I am going to stand before Him in judgment, and He's going to look at me about how I live as a woman in this world, as a wife and as a mother. Because of that fear and love of God, she is motivated to do all of these other things. She's not motivated by her own personal pursuits. And isn't this what the Christian is supposed to be? Having crucified self and allowing Jesus to live through us? Really, we're all supposed to live like that. It's not about me. It's about God. You know, there in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 10, The Scripture says, An excellent wife, who can find? For her worth is far above jewels. It is my prayer that the Franklin Church of Christ will be a veritable jewel mine. 
I hope this look at the worthy woman of Proverbs chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, benefited you and helped you. Remember the three ways in which that lesson ought to be used. It can be used for wives and mothers to learn how to live within their home. It can be used for single men as they're looking for a wife. And it can be used to help train up our daughters to be the kind of Christian and godly women that God wants them to be. If you have any questions about the home and family, about the roles within the family, about God's goals for us, or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please give us a call, 615-794-2359. Or you may contact us through our website, www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. Perhaps someone has given you this lesson on CD or audio tape. If that's the case, may I please encourage you to go to the website that I just mentioned. Again, it's franklinchurchofchrist.com. We have numerous lessons there, both in audio and outline format, and you're free to download them and use them in whatever way you believe honors and glorifies God. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him. More importantly, may you richly bless God.